nice <laughs> um well do you want to introduce yeah i'll introduce okay Hello everyone, how are you doing? Welcome to episode 8 of Music Rules. I am your host, Jack. And I am your host, Fen. I nearly said my name is Fen. And this is just a small taste of the amazing chemistry that you, the listener, will experience today because Fen and I are in the same room. That's right. I could reach out and touch Jack right now. He's touching me right now. Oh, oh, oh there actually, he goes. Oh, oh, no, I'm not. Well, I, I came very close, but keep listening and maybe we will touch. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear it? Leave a comment. Let us know if you heard it. Yes. So today we are not only in person, we are not only uh, chilling with, uh, with our cat Elvis around and Rose, but we are here delivering to you a deep and nuanced discussion on one of the coolest pop rock indie what have you acts going right now you've seen it in the episode title the band is the 1975 that was of course 1985 by bowling for soup <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> throwback, throwback alert A little joke I thought of while I was driving here Yeah, but no, we're not talking about the 1985 No, go back, go back a decade Go back 10 years Yes Cast your minds back Yep To 1975 Now this one, I will admit, this is my choice Yes, it this is This is not Jack's choice Jack is being forced to do this against his will Oh, such a bore <laughs> give, give me something freaking weird, oh my god Yeah Jack loves little bleeps and bloops and little I twangs. Love, and oh, get freakier. Yeah. It's all 4-4. Four, four. It's all so tonal. Me, I on the other so hand, bored. I'm what you call a basic B. And the 1975, yeah, I'm thinking it's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I spent woo, close to $200 on concert tickets. Oh, nice. To go and see them at the Kudos Bank Arena. Mm. It was uh, an incredible experience does sound pretty good and yeah i i think that i do think they're an interesting band i think they write music about what it feels like to be alive today um i think there's not that many bands that really do that or who are so interested in really delving deep into what it means to exist in contemporary society yes i love the way their songs sound uh it's catchy it's fun it's sincere it's ironic it's everything. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Not really, but not like that movie not, at all. Not, not in that way. <laughs> but um, but you know, you know, you know what's so cool is like if I could drop the mask. Actually, I did enjoy this album. Wow. I, I, I loved it to death, and I will probably continue listening to it. Oh my goodness! That's how cool it was. This is actually uh, I'm bombshell. I I chose this album specifically because I thought we may have some. Uh, yeah, I know. Some. You know, Margaret and David. Oh, yeah, I yeah. like it. You hate it. Yeah. Some kind of banter in that way. So uh, that's no. I, I had a had a really great time, and I th that's I, awesome. I do think you're correct about uh, what it is to uh, this band kind of showing like living in contemporary society. Etc. I think what like the most powerful part about it is it is wrapped up in this really shiny, really dancey, really palatable excellently produced pop format exactly and i yeah. think if it was done by a few freaks someone like me 
Yeah. You know, I'm sure 10 people would really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess that's what makes the message so much more empowered is the fact that it's... It's found a mass audience and it's... Correct. It's music that a lot of people want to listen to um and they're really like they kind of sneak in all these interesting ideas into this very polished product and i think that's yeah it's really worthwhile they're a really worthwhile band to talk about Hmm. so the album that we're talking about today is a little album called being Being funny Funny in in a foreign foreign language." language which i do have to say when i first heard the title i thought man that is quite obnoxious but <laughs> the more you think about it it's actually the the whole album is about love and connection in various forms and in various ways uh despite our differences and i think the act of being funny in a foreign language is an act of overcoming cultural boundaries it's an act of connecting with somebody on a human to human level uh so laughter in that case in the case of being funny in a foreign language mm. And I think that is actually like a really nice and a really beautiful message in the context of the album. It's a really clever title. Um, and yeah, it's, um, it really does what they do best, which is kind of presents this thing where at first you're like, whoa, that's, that's a little much or something. Mm, and then when you kind yeah. of peel back a few layers, uh, it makes a lot of sense and it's like a really interesting, beautiful message. Yeah. And and being funny in a foreign language is famously an incredibly difficult thing to do. Maybe um, for you. <laughs> go on, tell me your best French joke. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Uh, <laughs> so, I laughed so hard I picked the microphone. <laughs> Stop it, you're too funny. Okay. Let's um, move on from that. <laughs> yeah, let's move on from being funny in a foreign language. No, but, but, but that's, yeah, that's definitely a thing, you know, like, um, like that's when you know you've had a bit of a mastery of a language. It's just when you can crack a joke because I think being funny in any language is, um, <laughs> I hope it's very difficult. Being up. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, for the listener, the, our cat, Elvis, our cat. Yep. He's mine now as well. Um, <laughs> Elvis is just going nuts. It's great. He's going haywire. And this is the yeah. kind of chaos that you get with a, or an in-person app. Yeah, anything can happen. We can say things in unison. No, no, no. Yep. So, um, yeah, this album came out last year. Um, it was produced by a little fella by the name of Jack Antonoff, uh, who was famously with Lena Dunham for a number of years and then famously... What? Cheated on Lena Dunham with Lord. What? According to many conspiracy theorists online. What? I don't know about all that. What I do know is he uh, he did a good job of producing this album. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm like the biggest fan of his production style, like, you know, like 100%, but um, but I think it's it really works for this album and it works in conjunction with what some of the other um, members of the band are contributing. In particular, George, the drummer, produces a lot of the songs and um he is responsible for like a lot of the arrangements and stuff like that so he brings a lot to the band not just a singer matty not just it's <laughs> not, not just, just the matty Ely show it? it's not just matty matty from not manchester matty. yeah mh as i have to call him mh the big mh <laughs> well i think we can probably but are, are, are we are we cool keeping in those uh, unsubstantiated rumors about uh, about our guy? Because we know he's going to be listening. Jack Antonoff. We we know Jack's going to be tuning in, and he's going to be raising his eyebrows about us spreading this goss. Well, that's um, fine. 
You Whoa. know, Jack Antonoff, if he doesn't like it, he can Jack and turn off the episode. Whoa. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the in-person chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> I like how we're both staring like yeah, directly, staring either directly ahead or like I keep looking at the computer screen. Um, that's the kind of in-person chemistry yeah. that you really want. It was funny because we were talking about recording this in the car and that would have been us both facing forward. And yes. then when we talked about doing it here. I was like, great. And then we just sat down together like we're in a car. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I should get out my uh, my video game steering wheel. Oh, yeah. Just well, kidding. Don't have like one. Um, okay. Well, um, I think it's time to listen to some music. Who is ready to become a part of the band? And uh, I'm just going to zip up my bag so the cat stops rummaging through it. <laughs> Three, two, one, music. She was part of the Air Force, I was part of the band. I always used to burst into my hand. And my, my, my imagination. I was living my best life, living my parents' way before the pain, penance, and verbal propellants. Thank you. 
There we go. That was part of the band. P-O-T-B. P-O-T-B from B-F-I-A-F-L by T-H-E-1975. <laughs> and you're listening to M-R, Music Rules. <laughs> Your brain just moved so much faster than my brain has ever moved. <laughs> I don't know how you did all that so quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that song, it's cool. It uh, It starts with this kind of like Viva La Vida-esque yeah syncopated string pattern but it's kind of like passing this syncopated pattern um between across the stereo field and it's not just like as unison as viva la vida is no um and there's like all these other elements too like there are like extended techniques there are like these percussive pizzicato maybe even a bartok pits where they real really slap the string against the fingerboard tell me why is it called a bartok piece i think because bartok used a lot of these sorts of pizzicatos in his music (laughs) right it's like a special indication for it what does it sound like uh it's like a slapping of the pizzicato like it's 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 actually bad for the instrument right (laughs) yeah and i think there's also some potentially some collegno uh, I'm not saying that correctly, but it's playing with the wood of the bow. Um, so within oh, the string parts, I think okay. there's... So they're creating like a whole lot of sounds yeah. using this string section. I think the string arrangements all throughout this album are like really, really Top good. Top notch. Did you by any chance watch the stem breakdown of this song? I did not watch the stem breakdown. Oh, like, yeah. They have a stem breakdown on YouTube oh, cool. where they go through the song and um, talk about that. Uh, t- yeah, talk about each layer. And yeah. one of the things they brought up, which was interesting is everyone thinks there's like a double bass on. Yeah. But there is not. It's just a normal bass with Mm. a bit of tremolo on it. Oh, yeah. cool. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good uh, little production hack. Yeah. (laughs) I'd I'd highly recommend um, checking out this. um, I think it's like a 10-minute video where they sit down with the producer. Did you say it was the drummer? What was his name? George is the drummer and then Jack Antonoff is the producer. Right. Um, But George produces the songs as well. Yeah. So I think it's like a collaboration. Was Jack the is he the bald guy? Um, it's the guy with glasses. Okay. Well, anyway, it's it's all, it's all blurring into one in guys. my head. But yeah, he um, they talked about this song, and I don't want to jump through too much. Maybe I'll wait till we get to that bit of the song. But um, yeah, there's there's a kind of interesting origin of the kind of chorus section. Oh, okay. I guess, yeah. I don't know if you had any notes specifically on that. Well, you go jump yeah. right into it. What what's well, the origin? Uh, he. Uh, who's the singer's name? Harry? Maddie Healy. Maddie. Uh, <laughs> I, I said Harry because I was thinking of Mr. Styles. Oh, no. How um, Yeah, Sorry, all British people are <laughs> so similar. I was also thinking of Harry Potter at the same time. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, Maddie? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, Maddie, uh, I forgot instantly. <laughs> um, yeah, Maddie was, like, brought on to play support for a Phoebe, Phoebe Bridges show. Oh, yeah. And just doing solo stuff. Mm-hmm. And he had this song that didn't have a bridge. So backstage, he wrote this bridge idea. And that was the... Um, Writing a bridge uh, at the Phoebe Bridges show? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I think what they should the call heck? it Phoebe Choruses. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so he yeah. wrote a bridge. Yeah, he's yeah. writing a bridge. And he wrote that um, the one that's like, uh, eating things off of motorbikes. Yeah. So he wrote the first two lines of that. 
backstage at the Phoebe Bridges. Show. Wow, that's cool. And then when when they were writing this song, they knew that this song needed a, something extra. So, right, they, that makes sense. Yeah, he, he brought it, that in. It is, yeah, like it's like this stylistic departure that chorus. Yeah, a lot of the lyrics, I think he said he wrote it in kind of like this diaristic kind of fashion, where it's like mm. a lot of random collections of thoughts that he's kind of spliced together to create a portrait of something bigger Mm. a portrait of maybe his mental state or the things that he's concerned with um there's anecdotes um and there are like opinions about certain types of people Mm. uh vaccinista tote bag chic baristas yeah it's quite an evocative uh kind of phrase was this a covid album yeah well it's sort of like post-covid like 2021 but i i think what he means by that is like I don't think he's an anti-vax person, but no. there were certain people who made getting vaccinated their, their entire, entire personality. personality. Yeah, yeah. And us sure. saying that in unison, that's just yeah, some this, more of that this, in-person this chemistry. That wonderful chemistry that we've been. You know, I was worried that we'd be delayed one and a half seconds from each other this whole time, <laughs> but it is going beautifully. It is indeed. I'm vibing hard. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah. So it's like opinions like that. Yeah. I also love the way he writes his lyrics. Like that line for example or the bit where it's like am i ironically woke the butt of my joke or just some post coke average skinny bloke he's not afraid to like rhyme a lot yeah like and i love that it's almost like um yeah like there are like lots of internal rhymes or he'll like he'll just rhyme like so much more than the average pop singer does and i'm obsessed with rhymes and i love to rhyme all the a lot day <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's it's that third ver- i mean it's almost like it's kind of like a rap thing almost like i know lots yeah. of rappers do like the, he was it's inspired line. by the streets oh you know, really the, the band, yeah yeah you're fit but by you're god fit, don't you know it by god don't oh. you know it yeah uh, but if yeah i mean yeah the streets are a great band <laughs> <laughs> actually actually though <laughs> yeah I've not, i haven't actually listened to them much before but but that what was that third line i know because when it was playing you were saying it's your favorite um, the the communista Easter yeah yeah sitting east on their communista keisters yeah but, but there's so many rhymes just in that single sentence yeah it's great and it like and it all makes logical sense as well like it's mm. not ju- it's not just rhyming for the sake of it no um yeah clever. rhyming communista with keister <laughs> communista keister <laughs> it's quite it's good it's quite funny um yeah what another thing I like about the way that they produce their songs and do their arrangements it feels like it's a lot of um like improvisation that is then kind of curated down Mm. into something that's more like more of a like a slick package or something yeah right well maybe there is just a track where it's just like they just told the saxophonist like okay just go like just solo for like five minutes go off and then they take like these like you know 20 or 30 second parts that are Mm. like really beautiful and work really well and yeah like little guitar riffs and there's just melody kind of bursting from the seams yeah like different little counter melodies some of it improvised some of it written it's just yeah it's a it's a great song and like i love the visuals that he conjures because this is a pg podcast we won't get into no we won't get into all of it but um yeah it's like but it's it's all there for you to read or listen to yeah it's it's, and and it's it i guess I would even say it's like shockingly evocative because I mean, like we mentioned earlier, like the the style of the music, the production, their massive fan base, their 15 million monthly listeners on Spotify would lend you to believe that it wouldn't actually be that intense. But the lyrics are extremely intense. Yeah. 
I think that's also part of what makes the polished package so interesting. It's like this polished, melodic, beautiful thing. And then some of the lyrics are really ugly, mm, not beautiful. So, yeah. <laughs> and conjure these, yeah, yeah. you know, these images of, mm. you know, and not even just like ugly pictures, but mm. he's not afraid to be honest about his flaws or the uglier sides of his personality yeah um and i think that's what some people maybe don't get when they i think people like to accuse him of being narcissistic which he probably is to some extent but i mean a lot of musicians are yeah that, um, that's the thing i wouldn't say he's any more or seemingly i don't i don't know the fella but yeah seemingly he's no more narcissistic than like any other person he just seems to be like somewhat more honest and maybe maybe yeah. weaponizing it in a different way which he talks about in a song we're probably going to chat about later yeah i think he does maybe yeah. i'm not sure we'll find out <laughs> i think it's the first track anyway oh yeah yeah um yeah so like he's just really it's this very kind of like unvarnished um version of himself that he's presenting and mm. yeah it's also hard to tell like maybe some of this is true maybe some of it's not like mm. he says in interviews that you know that he's not gay and then he talks about like I fell in mm. love with a boy. Yeah. I was Rambo. He was Paul Verlaine. Yeah. I, I looked up those people. I didn't know. But yeah, they were um, they were like... Yeah, I was hearing it as Rambo, like from the movie. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I also looked it up. It's the poet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think he kind of... He definitely likes to play with the public image of himself as well. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's interesting for somebody who's so openly honest that there is kind of like... Mm. It's... There's a slipperiness to our definition of him as a person is so mm. constantly changing as well. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Well, maybe we can keep going onto the next track. Let's do it. What's our next track, Finn? So our next track is the, the final track on this album. This album is really like, it's a lot to do with kind of relationships with people and romance. I picked like two of the three tracks I picked are not to do with that so much, but um, this track is one of the more kind of romantic tracks on the album. And it's very fitting that we're doing it in person. This is actually the mm. first time we're hanging out since starting this podcast yeah. many weeks ago. This song is called I mean, When We Are Together. Yeah. I just swore at 26 minutes. <laughs> just okay. <a> heads up. <laughs> this, this, uh, yeah, this, this track is called When We Are Together. And it's... um. And, and we are together. We are together right now. And one, two, three, music. Music. First kiss was Christmas in the Walmart toy department. She said, I should take you with me when I leave. And we were searching New York for a fancy new apartment. She said, Central Park is SeaWorld for trees. You ask about the cows wearing my sweater. Something about the weather that makes them lie down The only time I feel I might get better Is when we are together
with sandals She's more into scented candles Oh, I'll never get that smell out of my back It was poorly handled The day we both got cancelled Because I'm a racist and you're some kind of slack You ask about the cows wearing my sweater And just like that, we are together. We in are the same together room. in the same room and we are back. We are and back. And that was the beautiful closing track of being funny in a foreign language when we are together. Um, yeah, it really ties together um, a lot of the major themes in this album. Um, and yeah, we get this uh, picture painted of you know, the singer Maddie as somebody who he maybe can't help but put his foot in his mouth a little bit sometimes or like, you know, he has like struggles and he doesn't always come across how he wants to come across and there are like communication failures or failures of language um, that plague him somewhat. Um, and I think it's most clear in this song where it's like, there's this person that he clearly is in love with and cares about who he's talked about throughout this album, who is not Taylor Swift, as he is currently rumored to be dating, um, but FKA Twigs, apparently. Um, oh. But it could be about somebody else. I don't know. Um, and yeah, it's just like he talks about their first kiss in one of my favorite lines in the album oh, me too yeah our first kiss was christmas in the walmart toy department the way the rhymes work in that as well kiss was christmas mm. is like really beautiful yeah um and, th- and then department is rhymed with apartment yeah a few lines later which is yeah yeah i i, I love that as like another like 
kind of like um absurdist like in- incredibly honest depiction of just living now in like yeah. 2023 like everything's kind of unromantic yeah <laughs> it's really like but in a way like that is actually like really romantic <laughs> i don't know it's unique <laughs> maybe i don't know it's it, yeah you're right like i agree but it's just like i don't know it's it's it just it makes me think about like how there's like nowhere for people to hang out except shopping centers yeah that's true that's <laughs> so maybe that's true. like the yeah, yeah maybe it's like where a, i'm from there's a like, hidden like a critique of something yeah mm-hmm. yeah potentially it's yeah just, yeah i don't know that's instantly where my mind went it's just like oh wouldn't it be nicer to be kissing under a tree <laughs> yeah 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 instead of <laughs> yeah I don't the know. toy department in yeah. walmart yeah yeah that's true um yeah and then like later in the song all the instruments all the nice major key guitars and everything they cut out and you're just left with the string part which is this kind of harmonically ambiguous thin layer of this kind of like tremolo string i don't know exactly Mm. what the technique is there um and that's when he says the lines um i thought we were fighting but it seems i was gaslighting you Mm. i didn't realize it had its own word Mm. which is such like even just those few lines is like Mm. such a good portrayal of like how like arguments can go in relationships would mm. be that with a partner or with a friend like mm. um i can just imagine him like being accused of gaslighting somebody mm. and then saying oh what is that like is that a thing you know yeah, like yeah. and he kind of like he can't help himself but kind of try to be like the smartest person in the room or well, the line before that is i'm I'm better at writing was just a way to get you biting, which yeah. like you can imagine in a relationship between two people who make music, like that would feel like a really hurtful thing to say to somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the, that was the start of the argument. Yeah. The start of the argument. The yeah. Start. So like he can't help, but like sabotage himself in these ways. And so it's like this really sweet song in some of some parts of it. And then also this really sad song. Cause like you kind of feel for, both people in this relationship where it just feels like you know it might not work out um Mm. even though like there's so much kind of affection displayed in like the words and the melody and the feeling of this song is so affectionate um yeah like talking in the chorus about her asking him a question while she's wearing his sweater it's like all this like intimate feeling stuff yeah um yeah it's kind of devastating really what's the name of the other track from the album it's like uh i I, i'm in love with you is that what i'm in love with you is what it's called yeah this is kind of like the counter to that in a way like it sort of it comes across a whole lot more sincere and a bit more ugly and real yeah um whereas that one is really like it's almost over the top in how yeah openly and actively he's expressing like this clear statement Mm. of i am in love with you yeah and I'm looking down the camera when I say that because I am in love with the fans of this show. Yes, all the, that's you, dear listener. That is you, dear listener. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's a great that's a great analysis. I um yeah, I, I had listened to the full album, and I think the songs you picked are cool. I'm glad you picked this one. Um, although I'm sort of interested to see uh, why we're leaving the first track till last. Yes, well... I'm sure there's it's a see. whole big plan behind it. Kind of. <laughs> One <laughs> thing about this track that you'll see when we when we do play the first track, which is the next song I'm going to talk about, 
um, is that you hear the piano part from the first track mm. at the end of this song and it kind of brings everything full circle um so this song is maybe like the most personal song on the album i don't know if maddie necessarily feels that way but it mm. feels like that as an audience member yeah um i think the first track is probably the most general song on the album um on spotify there's a little like thing where it's like people like the band provided notes about each song and he said that it's kind of like world building it's like setting the scene for the world that we live in today the next track we're going to talk about which is called the 1975 as all the opening tracks in the albums are um it's setting the scene for the world that we live in today and then the rest of the album is portraying himself living in that world so i really love that as like a conceptual idea to like Mm. to do that to set the scene in this way um maybe we can just have a listen to it and then we can um we can talk about it i'd love to listen to it okay again here we go one two three music music After scrolling through hell I think I've got a boner But I can't really tell And the fans run It's cynical It's Adderall And vitriol And young people drinking Aperol And it's about time Like. Sorry about my twenties, I was learning the ropes I had a tendency of thinking about it after I spoke We're experiencing life through the postmodern lens Oh, call it like it is I'm making an aesthetic out of not doing well And mining all the bits of you you think you can sell While the fans are on Created out of gin and the sea, but it's just 
1975. 1974. Ah, Fen, when you you told me you wanted to do this this band and this album, I I put on this album, I listened to the first track and I was in. Let me tell you. That is, it is so good. Yeah. It is so good. I'm just like enamored with it. It's incredible. It's, yeah, maybe the best track on the the whole thing. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, there's a lot lot to talk about there, but instantly, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of how I felt towards the Obscure Hail album. Yeah, you know, it's these really really cutting, biting kind of commentary about alienation and things like that. Yeah, definitely. And it's just nice to hear it so articulate. Yeah, extremely articulate. There's not actually that many lyrics on this one mm. compared to some of the other songs, but um, a lot of the lyrics hit pretty hard yeah. um it does start with an inappropriate joke though oh hang on let me look what the inappropriate oh actually maybe i can just ask you this what will is get it? bigger if you know what i mean oh that is far too inappropriate um i redact everything entirely <laughs> about what i said but in some ways it's yeah it's kind of like this double meaning because he i guess he means like everything like all of these pressures on us are getting bigger and everything feels like it's getting not worse but more all the time yes and it's kind of reflected in the instrumentation as well there's a density to this song it just builds up and up and up and Mm. up until it can't build anymore Mm. um and then it kind of breaks down yeah um i love a lot of the lyrics on this um well i love all the lyrics on this album um but um yeah in particular like (laughs) making an aesthetic out of not doing well mining all the bits of you you think you can sell Mm. I mean, that is just did describes it, it many home? people that I know <laughs> in, the, in the Sydney music scene yeah. who uh, who like to wear Woolworths bags as a fashion. Um, yeah. I don't know. People people like to make an aesthetic out of not doing well. Yeah. Um, I oh, think, that's that's interesting. Because, okay, yeah. I, but I, 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 I think really specifically like he, maybe he means... Or something different but uh, no yeah. i was gonna say because i think i think that's an extremely valid interpretation yeah um but i i kind of interpret it as like the like the tortured artist thing you know like like yeah. not doing well like like mentally yeah which is also another thing that yeah it's like um i think do. maybe like he's talked about his addiction in the past mm. maybe that's sort of the angle that he's coming from with that is like yeah making an aesthetic out of like there's like a whole genre of like fiction that is to do with like people overcoming their addiction or not or that like there are so many autobiographical or auto fiction yeah like novels that deal with those topics so i guess it could also mean something like that yeah but the way i took it was like oh yes rich people pretending to be poor right yeah yeah Um, it's a kind of for like authenticity yeah which i i guess kind of like frames the rest of the album in, in a cool way because he, he doesn't seem to be hiding from the fact that he's like i guess doing well quote unquote in that sense of the word like in that sense yeah yeah like um you know monetarily obviously yeah totally 15 million spotify listeners would be hitting different mm. um yeah yeah the things i would do <laughs> the things i would do none of them is produce really tasty pop music <laughs> just be upset on a musical level um I heard an interviewer compare this to the song All My Friends by LCD Sound System. Ooh, um, yeah, I, I read the same review. Yeah, yeah. but I, th- I feel like, not to diss, 
another a fellow reviewer i feel like it's kind of a lazy comparison uh when what i wrote was that this song exists on the continuum of songs that employ uh pan diatonicism with an endless Mm. one four um underneath now i i know what that is because i'm also a nerd and i love to do it but do you want to explain to the listener what pan diatonicism is so it means that instead of using the notes uh instead of using notes in a functional way or chords in a functional way mm-hmm. um which means that for example you have chord one uh which is has a tonic function and then chord five has a dominant function chord five must return to chord one that's functional harmony mm. pandiatonicism means you're using all of the notes in the scale but not in a typically functional way so sometimes you'll have like a lot of tone clusters so a lot of notes being played at the same time yeah which is certainly the case in this song like there's you can hear a lot of the suspended fourth being played over top of the major third mm. um at the same time or like there's a lot of like that b flat because it's in i think it's in f major the b right. flat which is the fourth yeah. um and then maddie's singing an a in a lot of his melodies so there's this mm. this semitone clash between the third and the fourth notes of the major scale yeah so i find it really interesting and especially like the fact that you can take something that is so stock standard like the building blocks of the major scale and you're just like okay well what if i play it all at once like mm. then what happens then yeah um it's a technique and it, it creates a different sound like it's not just a straight up like i feel happy this is major blah 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 yeah i actually tested this out of my students i played an entire major scale as a tone cluster i said does that sound happy to you and they were like no (laughs) (laughs) um so it creates all this nuance by like essentially playing all the notes of the scale at the same time yeah and but i mean like isn't that so like um that's got so much to do with this will get bigger if you know what i mean like the saturation it's it's almost like um everything is getting more yeah yeah it's just you're sort of like being presented with the entirety of kind of too much at the same time that nothing serves a function which is like a, a cool musical technique that um also relates yeah lyrically conceptually 100 percent. it's great Maddie, yeah you really kicked it out of the park on this one i shouldn't just say maddie it's all I, I know them. the rest of the band listening will be really <laughs> upset yeah all of those members of the band who will be listening <laughs> to this 75 <laughs> um this is like this probably a bit of a jump so feel free to stop me if you got stuff between now and then but yeah the, i'm sorry if you're living and you're 17 yeah <sighs> yeah that's heavy it's great great line like a lot of their fans i think probably like they have a lot of young fans yeah um who probably are around that age yeah yeah totally i mean like it's, if, if i was 17 this would be like uh this would be like i'm I'm drowning in the middle of the ocean and then yeah. maddie just comes and throws a rope down and i'm climbing climbing up out of the you know it's it's such a it's such a kind it's an empathetic empathetic line yeah and and you know what i think it's true i think it's 100 percent true i think it'd I am, be i'm glad that i'm not that I, age i'm suffering at 30 yeah yeah <laughs> if i was 17 yeah and uh, having to deal with all of this stuff like yeah kids like taking photos of each other in school and like yeah this constant panopticon surveillance like kind of having to be so so self-aware of every single action every thought this like Mm self-policing just you know you're always behind the eight ball always wrong it's just as a teenager as a teenager that's crazy yeah i can't can you remember what you were doing as a 17 year old i was doing the highest school certificate nice um 
And yeah, I mean, I'm sorry for the people doing the DHSC <laughs> in New South Wales this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, struggle. We we actually have a we do have one listener who's in that age bracket. Oh wow! I've looked at this uh, Spotify analytics. Wow, there's one. Yeah. So take care of yourself. <laughs> take care you. of yourself, and we're sorry that you are living through the HSC. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, and and that you're 17. Yeah, and I think also like obviously covid everybody's talked about covid but especially Mm. for school students like they're like stuck at home and they couldn't see their friends and like Mm. all the good things about school are suddenly taken away it's just all online learning like Mm. it's all like google classroom or whatever the whatever the heck yeah um that's what this song is about google classroom (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry if you're living as 17 and you're on zoom (laughs) and the teacher's forgotten how to get the sound working (laughs) and you're addicted to vapes because that's <laughs> there's apparently 45 percent of teenagers are now oh my god yeah well thank god albo is banning them all yeah that's actually so good and thank god that albo is raising job seeker by 20 dollars a week Woo-hoo! oh my oh my word oh i'm gonna take that 20 dollars and go to the vape shop yeah oh wait oh no oh. <laughs> drat another line that i really like is um i can't sleep because the american dream has been buying up my self-esteem well, right. QAnon created a legitimate scene and it was just some bloke in the Philippines. <laughs> it's kind of like this irony of like, okay, the American dream, which is supposed to be this hopeful um, goal for people, Aspirational. has destroyed me as a human. Mm. While QAnon, which is this like toxic, poisonous like cult, mm. essentially, that believes that Joe Biden was killed and replaced with a clone <laughs> or whatever, like... Like they have a sense of community and connection because, ah, of, their, wow. because of their crazy beliefs, and it's yeah. just and it was all you know just created by some some dude in the Philippines who just yeah. made it all up. Yeah. So that's kind of like an interesting. Um, it's a critique, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like critique. I like the one just above it too. The liberal with young people as collateral, kind of like pitting yeah. people against each other, particularly young people. Yeah. With them, I don't know, just like kind of re- really weaponized cultural things particular and, issues yeah especially yeah. stuff that has to do with young people yeah. yeah it just it really becomes like these are just these talking points that people use to make political points that yeah ha- they have no connection to this issue as like a human being yeah and it's um yeah it's sad it's, yeah i believe the the word is pearl clutching yeah when you go think of the children yeah and you clutch the pearl oh awful and and not to just talk about every single lyric on this song which i could do but we could absolutely do that yeah i'm sorry about my 20s i was learning the ropes i had Mm. a tendency of thinking about it after i spoke we're experiencing life through the postmodern lens or call it like it is it's um i mean it's just a good lyric (laughs) i don't really have that much else to say about it it's just like it's like oh damn yeah that is what your 20s feels like like you say something and then you're like oh Mm. why did i say that (laughs) oh even even now even now as i'm three as i'm the big three zero even recording this podcast (laughs) oh wait oops oh damn cut that cut that that. (laughs) um so yeah should we keep going yeah well when you say keep going i think you mean time for your song right that's correct. Yeah. So um, the reason so I saved... You know what? I'm not going to say anything more. I'm just going to play the song. Are we just going to 3 to one music? We're just going to 3 to one music. So I wrote a song that was inspired by the 1975... We forgot to introduce it earlier on. Musically. But yeah, this is a thing we do in all our episodes. We write a, a song thing. 
and it's and it's always a whole lot more effort than we ever let on yes it is yeah we're like ducks we're like ducks there is yeah. a lot of effort going on below yeah. the water that's right um but yeah um, i'm so excited for your song fen okay so let me go to a little website called soundcloud.com let me go to my secret account fen is cool 94 oh no cut that that. it's got all my demos don't listen to them they're very raw and real i'm clicking on profile i'm going to play a song entitled 2023-10 space 5 space 23 comma 11.11 a.m wow (laughs) Here we go. Wow. What what could that title mean? What an avant-garde title. We'll have to discuss it after. Yes. really good i um yeah i asked about halfway through the song if if i could hear see the lyrics but they're on the phone that's recording but that's okay <laughs> i i the lyrics that stuck out is um crashed into a tree <laughs> what the man called me an fag <laughs> <laughs> so good yeah i mean 
that is actually something that happened. Yeah, that's, yeah, I was getting that feeling. Somebody nearly, yeah, nearly crashed into me on their bike. I was looking at my phone while like crossing a road, and someone nearly crashed into me, and then they called me not a very nice name. Yeah. And then after that, I say, "Why is everyone so angry in the city of Sydney?" <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, doing like slamming the rhymes in in the lines. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I, I just definitely, did it myself all the times. All Rhymes the times. in the lines. Yeah, I definitely tried to do that. Um, one of the other lyrics where I was doing that was like, the first verse was about like getting hit by a car, which didn't actually happen. Right. But um, because I was distracted by a screen across the street. And I think the line <laughs> I wrote was like, distracted by the motion of an ad about the ocean, which turned out to be promotion for a lubricating lotion. That's what caused all this commotion. Now my leg, it might be broken. <laughs> So I was very, I was going Hamilton mode in that, in that verse. <laughs> Hamilton mode. Um, you should never go full Hamilton. Yeah, you should never go full Hamilton mode. But yeah, it was definitely, I really uh, loved like mm. just trying to do as many rhymes as possible. Mm. Yeah, it, it was funny because I think that track you did probably had more in common with the other tracks on this album than the ones that we talked about just then. Yeah. Because, yeah, it sort of reminded me of, I think it's, is it the third or fourth track? This is like full, like, kind of 80s aesthetic banger. There's a sax solo. Yeah. Oh, what's the track? Happiness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, I was, I almost like chose that song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think when I started writing this, I didn't really have an idea of like what it was going to end up being. Yeah. Um, so I ended up being inspired by a few of the yeah. other songs, even songs on like previous albums. Mm. There's a song called If You're Too Shy, Then Let Me Know that kind of, yeah. influence the vibe a bit but i definitely okay. wanted to make something that was inspired by the first track yeah um and do that kind of pan diatonicism thing mm. of having like these clusters <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like the piano riff that i wrote is like a riff that includes both the fourth of the scale and the third of the scale right um so i just wanted to have like those things happening at the same time yeah and so yeah um yeah definitely inspired by the first track a lot in terms of the harmony mm. um the two piano tracks i just like sort of recorded and like just let it like be a bit improvised but with a click track yeah um and just kind of let it like go where it wanted to go and kind of like mm. shifted and evolved a little bit as the track progressed yeah um but i, I think yeah. the thing that made it good was the fact that it had driving drums the synth was locked in it's yeah. like doing that um like that appreggio like what what was the synth you, you were using it was just like a garage band out of the uh, box. Always. Like. <laughs> I, I asked this. You know, I spent $100 on drums for my term song. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my Mr. God. Freak. That is insane. Yeah. Um, but no, it's yeah, it sounded great. It was very like, very, yeah, very of the genre. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what, and what was the like actual, was it just pedal pointing? Like, like just like one sort of note? Um, the piano part oh no the synth sorry oh the synth um yeah. the bass was just doing one and then four it's just right. like just like an octave thing and then to chord four um and yeah and just it just happened to work yeah nice yeah yeah it's cool you know it's sort of like i guess like uh i guess 1975 they do use like they are like maybe a bit more uh what's the word like conservative in the amount of chords they use yeah but you aren't <laughs> so i was kind of ready for it to go all around but I, it's it's nice to hear you do something with only two chords yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's cool yeah it was like a different style i was definitely also inspired by like kind of like minimalist music like steve reich yeah so like steve reich is a composer who also uses pan diatonicism in his music yeah and he uses like 
additional rhythmic techniques like rhythmic displacement, mm. which is when you have the same thing and you just shift it a little bit later. Yeah. Or things like phasing. There's no yeah. phasing in this, but I think we talked about the um we've talked about the phasing thing before think, in another pod. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um um you, you know I, yeah. I, was, I was at a cafe the other day and they were playing steve reich whoa <laughs> i was like damn stanwell park whoa um yeah Stanwell park is popping off yeah it's too, you know it was it was nice but it was also like oh you know i'm trying to start my day this is a bit too like zen for me yeah 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 I'm, I, I just want some you have to be in the zone to listen yeah. to uh minimalist Did, music but it really works for like a kind of dancey like track yeah yeah it does yeah <laughs> yeah you put put a donk on it and suddenly it yeah can, put a beat with it yeah put a beat with it Steve Reich yeah come John on John Cage come on yeah get yeah make make people dance yeah have you seen that interview with um uh sorry this is a bit of an aside but it's funny so it's worth it um where they asked Karl Heinz Stockhausen they showed him Aphex Twin I haven't seen that <laughs> it was like it was just like a written interview and they showed Karl Heinz Stockhausen who's uh like he was like it's a 20- like a legendary 20th century composer yeah he did he composed in like almost every genre like yeah um yeah and, and crazy and guy kind of invented like modern synth composition and stuff like yeah electronic um, music pioneer um he wrote a lot of spectral music yeah uh like lots of experiments in just intonation yeah uh in- incredibly german yeah massively german like in his approach and everything like an eccentric guy as yeah well. very eccentric and they, anyway they showed him apex twin obviously like a very modern uh composer modern musician um and Karl Heinz stockhausen was just like saying oh you know he said all these really horrible things about it how it was just like trash and stuff wow and then, um, and then richard d james apex twin was just like who is this guy does he even dance <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the best like rebuttal. <laughs> like, do you even dance? <laughs> yeah. I so, think not. I don't think Carl Heinz Stockhausen no, has ever danced. I don't think so. I think he just sat and yeah. That is so funny, yeah. Thought thought deep things. But yeah, I you know, I I think I think that minimalist music is actually now you talk now, now you bring it up. Minimalist music is actually very close to dance music. You just yeah. need to put a bit of movement behind it yeah it can be the difference there between are these gradually like shifting loops that and then mm. like the changes occur over a long period of time yeah yeah it can be the difference between like a, you know like like a like a fun night out and like a heartfelt moment on an indie movie you know like, yeah <laughs> like a romantic oh like, totally <laughs> yeah coming of age story wow yeah 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 cool so there we have it excellent job that the was 1975 um, and uh, and and for the listener we're uh, we're building these songs into an album so yes eventually you'll be able to uh to buy them support us yep and but for now you can follow us on instagram mm. music rules cast yep you can rate us on apple podcasts yes i've i don't think i've ever done that before me neither and but- i can't figure out how to do it but apparently 30, 30 something percent of our listener base is on Apple Podcasts. There you go. Yeah. This is just a little insider, uh, you know, yep. tips that you get. Yep. And when um, you listen to the end of the episode. <laughs> that's right. When you make it all the way. And um, and, and for, for uh, Maddie, who, who is listening, thank you so much for such a great album. Yes. Thank you, Maddie Healy. Thanks so much. And thank you to the boys of the 1975. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I got an outro song. Just one second. This will be worth while it. While I get the outro <laughs> song up on my phone. Yep, Spotify loading up. All right, here we go. Thanks so much. See you next time.
Brooklyn. Alright, Stacy, Madonna, Razor Sword is on at the And we'll just fade out on this, maybe. on MTV. Oh, I know. I got to wait. Let's do a remix. Preoccupied. 1975. Bye. Bye.